everyone, Siobhan Chapman here. Welcome back to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation will focus on the macro landscape as we dive into the December jobs report, among other economic indicators. Brian, welcome. Thanks very much. Perfect. So let's get started, Brian. We received the December employment report earlier this morning. How did the data measure up relative to your expectations? So overall, I see the report as being somewhat mixed. So there were some positive surprises, but also some negative surprises. The headline non-farm payrolls rose by 216,000. That's well above consensus estimates. But there were revisions to prior months, including 71,000 combined downward revisions to the prior two months. And if you look at the three-month moving average of payrolls, which is what the Fed tends to do, we're at 165,000, which certainly isn't bad, but we averaged 225,000 a month over all of 2023. So you can get the sense that payroll growth has has slowed recently. Also, the private sector payrolls, if you look just as though and you exclude the government, uh, those have risen by an average of around 120 over 120,000 over the past three months. So, you know, again, that that is uh, really not uh, not that uh, strong. So even though, again, you had this surprise in the December payrolls, you know, the overall story with payrolls is, isn't uh, you know, that great. And another interesting thing in the data is that the household survey, which gives us things like the unemployment rate, that was actually really weak. So the unemployment rate was unchanged at 3.7%. But there was a big drop in the labor force participation rate. And according, again, according to the household survey, employment was down by 683,000 month over month. Now, you know, the noise in this data is the reason why we tend to focus on payrolls rather than the household survey. But there's, according to the household survey, there's been no increase in employment between July and December. So that data is really, you know, is really weak. And uh, one other thing on the on the positive side was average hourly earnings. Those rose a, a bit more than expected, up four tenths month over month. But the average number of hours worked ticked the lower. So again, very mixed the messages from this report. Overall, I would say you know if you're rating it in terms of the overall strength of the report, more or less in line with uh, you know what the consensus expectations were going into the release. So as we have now entered 2024, what are your expectations for the labor market? So I think the labor market is likely to soften a bit further because the Fed wants to see that before it starts cutting rates. So of course, you know, lots of talk about the the timing for Fed rate cuts, but unless the labor market continues to soften, the Fed is probably going to delay its cuts. And in particular, they want to see wage growth uh, slowing to something that's more compatible with hitting their 2% inflation target over the medium term. Uh, so even if inflation continues to slow in the near term, the Fed has to worry about what's going to happen over the next couple of years if wage growth stays at uh, this level. And, you know, this week we had Richmond Fed President DeBarkin talking about landing at the wrong airport, meaning that you know they can cut rates and avoid a recession, 
but maybe inflation will get stuck above the target, you know, especially if wage growth is is too strong. So I think it's inevitable that uh, wage growth will slow um, because, you know, monetary policy is tight. And if the Fed doesn't cut, the, the, it'll weigh, it'll weigh on the economy. Uh, so, you know, uh, that, that is an important dynamic to keep in mind. But, you know, businesses still have good demand for workers. I don't think the unemployment rate will rise very much. Maybe it'll get to 4%, but it shouldn't get much worse than that. So, Brian, moving outside of the jobs report, what are some other notable macro points of interest from this week? So, staying with the theme of the labor market, we had the jolts data on job openings. And uh, it showed openings down just slightly in November. Uh, It leaves the job openings to unemployment to ratio after, you know, the data out this morning at the 1.4. So there's 1.4 openings for every unemployed worker. And that's down from two at the, at the peak. Uh, also, the private sector quit rate actually fell below its pre-pandemic level. So, you know, this was a big story for a while, right? The, lots of people quitting their jobs. Uh, but more recently, fewer people are quitting and also wage gains among people who switch jobs, those have slowed a lot to much more normal uh, levels. So again, the overall sense that you know, labor market is, is uh, continuing to soften. Uh, we also had the ISM PMIs out, the manufacturing, this is for December, manufacturing improving a bit to uh, 47.4. Uh, overall, the, the news there, again, is kind of a mixed picture, but there's some sense that the manufacturing sector overall is starting to show uh, some, you know, some signs of improvement. And then uh, just a couple of minutes ago, we had the ISM services, and, uh, you know, this was quite weak, uh, falling to 50.6, so just barely above the neutral reading of uh, of 50. Uh, also out this week, we had the FOMC minutes. And here, you know, there's these days hardly ever surprise in the minutes because the Fed chair has a press conference right after the meeting, after every meeting. And also you have FOMC members free to talk to the press or make public statements after the meeting. And one thing that to me that was noticeable in the minutes was that they felt really stale, even though the meeting was only three weeks ago, we had a lot of has happened since then, especially, you know, we had uh, very low, very good inflation data that the Fed didn't have at the time of the meeting. And also interest rates have fallen uh, in, in the interim. So, you know, again, I wouldn't take much from, um, you know, from, from those minutes, you know, lots of talk in the market about what the minutes mean. But it, to me, I think we can safely ignore that, that and, uh, you know, move on to do other things. Well, Brian, as we come to the end of our conversation, I want to turn to next week. What's on the calendar that you'll be watching out for? So the biggest release of the week will be the CPI data for December. There's obviously a huge focus in the market and for the Fed. We'll also get the producer price index. And then uh, we'll get the NFIB survey of small businesses. And this is another source of information for you know, what's going on in the labor market, 
Are these small businesses still trying to hire workers? Do they have a lot of unfilled job openings? And also, what are they doing with uh, wages? What are they doing with their prices? So this will be an interesting uh, survey data. And then one other thing to keep an eye on is the, you know, in Washington, so the government uh, is heading for a shutdown after January 19th unless some sort of budget is passed. And, uh, you know, so far there hasn't been a lot of progress on those uh, negotiations. Also, the negotiations over support for Ukraine and Israel uh, and, you know, is connected to debates over border policy or immigration policy and lots and lots of things to do. The, you know, they, the Washington uh, Congress needs to pass things there urgently. Uh, not a lot of time left and, uh, you know, they'll be back in session next week. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what, what comes out next week. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Again, we have been joined by Brian Rose. Thank you very much. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.